Hello, Herd. It's your old pal Mike again, just reminding you that this is part two of our two-part Godfather 1 and 2 episode. So if you haven't heard the first part, which goes through mostly the Godfather part 1 and does occasionally dip into Godfather part 2, then uh, you need to go back and listen to that before you listen to this. Uh, Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of things that don't make sense because it really is halfway through the conversation. That said, it does start with the new skit, Lego the Godfather, so enjoy! Lego Studios and Francis Ford Coppola proudly present Lego the Godfather, or the Lego Godfather. Working title, we'll figure it out later. Ah, what a wonderful day it is. Yes, it is, Godfather. On this, the day of my daughter's wedding. A joyous occasion, Godfather. My little girl and a new husband will be joining together in holy matrimony. Uh, Is that a Lego pun, Godfather, joining together? I'm glad you caught that, you blockhead. Blockhead! Another Lego pun! Now you're getting it. Oh, look. Here come representatives from the rest of the Lego families to pay their respects on this, the day of my daughter's wedding. No doubt they only come because they know a plastic mob boss cannot refuse any request on the day that one of his children weds. What now? Sicilian Mafia building block toy tradition states that you cannot refuse any requests on this, the day of your daughter's wedding. Is it too late to tell people that I couldn't make it? They've all seen you. Damn it. Ah, little Robin Hood. uh, How good of you to come and pay your respects to me and my daughter on this day. Good morrow to you, Mr. Corleone, or Godfather, as I know you like to be called. A jolly good day indeed. Well, anyway, thanks for coming. I hope that you can... Jolly good that is for all except my merry men, who are somewhat less merry of late, I'm afraid. You see, all our tiny plastic gold coins that we've robbed from the rich seem to have gotten lost under the couch or accidentally slid down the heating ducts and, well, we'd have a lot more to give to the poor if you'd but lend us some of yours. You want me to give you my gold coins? Well, I rather would, yes. And I must remind you, you cannot refuse me on this blessed day. Ugh, fine. I will grant your request, but remember someday, and that day may never come. Yes, yes. If you ever need anyone plugged full of arrows outside a fruit stand or courthouse, I'm your man. You are very quick to agree to that. Fine. You may go. Now, I see there's a line forming. Who's next? Oh, hello there, Lego Luke Skywalker. That's Lego Cloud City, Luke Skywalker, to you, Godfather. There's a goddamn Cloud City version of you? Lego's even more ruthless about squeezing that money out of people than I am. Anyway, thank you for coming to this on the day to interrupt me. Well, since you asked, I've fallen on kind of tough times. I didn't, then of course you have. Yeah, it's been pretty hard being me. Just had a big fight with my dad, lost both my hand and the family lightsaber. You know, typical Act 2 stuff. I see. And uh, what exactly do you want me to do about it? Well, thank you so much for offering to help. Honestly, all I really need is a new lightsaber. Maybe green this time. Oh, and a new hand. I should have paid my daughter to elope. 
I'll see what I can do about the lightsaber. For now, the hand. Hey, Fredo! Yes, Father? Kinda give Mr. Skywalker here your hand. My... hand? Yeah, your hand, your hand. Give him one. But... it's my hand, Dad. Come on, this is Lego. It isn't gonna hurt you. Get no one later. Well, okay. Here you are, Luke, my friend. And remember, should I ever need to call upon you for the service, I won't... Oh, yeah, no problem. At any service at all that I may require. Absolutely, Godfather. You name it. Because, I mean, you can do some pretty powerful shit. You're a Jedi and all that. Yep, just let me know who you want force choked from across the galaxy whenever. Bye! Such a sweet kid. No, I don't suppose I'm getting out of this, so why don't you just show me the next... Hi there, Godfather. Oh, it's geez. me, Lego Batman. Yeah, yeah, I know who you are. Lego Batman, the alter ego of Lego Bruce Wayne. What? How? Uh, how did you know that? Come on, anyone who's been breathing in the last 70 years has seen your origin story a dozen times. So Lego Bruce Wayne and Papa Jemmas, what can I possibly do for you? You're ten times richer than I am, and you've got all the fancy toys in the world. You can whack anyone you want. I'm not here for a favor, Godfather. I'm here to bring you to justice. That's right. I'm taking you to the police station and, possibly after that, Arkham Asylum. You and Laker Joker are going to have a lot of laughs. That's an offer I can refuse. Boys, grab that bat and throw him in the fishbowl. You'll be sleeping with a gold of goldfish tonight. No, no, bats can't swim. I'll drown. You're plastic. You'll be fine. However, you'll probably be thrown out with the dirty water when they clean out the bowl next week, so it's been nice knowing you. By the way, say hi to Lego Judge Ryerson and half the Lego Police Department while you're in there. Capiche? Hey, all right, no more visitors. I'm going to go dance with my daughter on the day of my daughter's wedding before I can even walk. Look, I already drank three whole bottles of red wine since just this joke started. You know, I used to look like Robert De Niro. A young Robert De Niro. This has been a production of Lego The Godfather. Tonight, with your hosts, Mike Irvin, Pete, featuring Disembodied Voice Guy, and guests, Brad Brockway and Steph Kingston, featuring the Sacred Cows Tonight Band. And now, welcome your hosts, Mike and Pete. Uh, welcome back. Let's talk about The Godfather Part 2. Who's going to do the 10,000 foot? Uh, uh, the, we definitely haven't talked about already kind of a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, you know, as we were you can do a 20,000 foot first view then. One, it really did strike me how much they are just two parts of one movie. Yeah. Like they really do fit together quite seamlessly. <laughs> Last time on Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> Previously on Godfather. Why did you do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robert De Niro talking kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, Robert De Niro as oh Marlon Brando God. with a dental implant. Oh, Robert that, that De Niro looking about most, 16. 
like jarring part about this movie was De Niro doing a Brando doing an Italian mob boss accent. <laughs> it was just and there was some t- sometimes when you literally just couldn't understand him. He's like, yeah. "Why don't we pay the money?" <laughs> like what? <laughs> like I was almost glad they were speaking Italian because then there were subtitles. And then yeah, sometimes it also just like felt like he was just whispering. Yeah. I'm gonna talk to him. I'm gonna talk to him. Okay. It's gonna be okay. And they're like, this Vito guy, we just can't understand him ever. Yeah, that it was kind of strange. Well, the, the the jarring part about those scenes for me was that it was Robert De Niro, and I would never have known looking at him unless Mike had told totally, me prior to yeah. watching the movie it was Robert De Niro. Yeah, I was like, too. holy crap, looking sixteen. Right? Like again, like <laughs> well, same with like Pacino in the last movie, right? Like a, they both look so young, and B, I kind of didn't realize how similar they look. Well, father and son, right? Yeah, I guess, and I think a lot of it is like the slicked backed hair. Yeah, a lot of it, but yeah. Funny true story Perhaps about this: um, they never actually got to see each other during the movie, except um, when they <laughs> went to uh, the screening afterwards. Well, yeah. during the film, in any yeah. of the same scenes. Yeah. That was the weirdest part about this movie is that it wanted to be two different things. I I felt like the old world scenes of the movie were cool. I really liked that part of the movie. I'd like to see it as its own like edit maybe. Yeah, totally. Um but I also kind of felt like I'm not sure why we need a Vito Corleone's uh, origin story right now since uh, it's he's contrast. already dead. Yeah. It's contrast. You, you also like you need it for the scene where grown-up Vito goes and stabs the guy who killed his mother and that's intercut with the scenes of michael like fucking up and losing everything perhaps right. i attributed it to you know maybe they didn't have a super you know robust storyline on either side of the you know time skip or whatever it no was, I, but i, I i'm on the the brad camp on this one i'm on the contrast camp because really if you look at like the rise of Vito. It's all about like how um, respectable and and you know how smart he is with how he does his business and things like that versus that first other mob boss I don't remember the name in the beginning of the movie and and then you know the, as he builds his empire built on favors and giving favors and you know um, versus Michael which is all like vengeance and vendetta and until the very end when Vito finally shows that he has that in him you know at the end. Um, where Mike is always also doing the same thing. Do you think it's it's because Vito, you know, we see him as a kid come to America with nothing, and he's one of those, I had to build myself up from nothing people, whereas Michael was kind of given every opportunity? Like, there's a scene at the very end where they're talking about how um, Vito got Michael into a good college and paid for it, even though he didn't ask for it. He got him deferred from the draft yeah. in the war, but then he goes ahead and enlists anyway because he's going to march to the beat of his own drummer. But, but at the same, like all the time in the shadow of like his father. Yes, absolutely. Then, his his family pulled strings for him, mm-hmm. whereas that's not something he wanted. So I think like having that context of like Vito's backstory now compared to like what we know with Michael's backstory, it shows you how they become very different Godfathers. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's all, all right, about I can, I can like, see that point. like it's it's Vito's slow rise to power and rising to power while also being. I mean, he's a, he's a dude who kills people, so he's not a good guy. But while being a generally right. like honor, honorable, like and respectable 
gangster. Well, you see Michael slowly coming completely unhinged. And it's kind of his descent from the peak at the end of Godfather Part 1 to the point where he's in a boat killing his brother. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And Michael Michael's way unhinged in this movie. He's kind of already starting to play like Tony Montana, only without like the mountain of cocaine, you know? <laughs> well, I remember like, I mean, the very last scene, right? It's him sitting on a bench alone in the park. And that's just how it ends. Like, I was so shocked that that was the end. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's the arc. Well, this is why this is why I compared it to like Breaking Bad when you look at um you know the 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 contrast between um Walter White, Walter White is Michael Corleone all over uh, and versus uh Gus Fring, which is very much the Vito Corleone style of doing things. Hmm. Semi-benevolent, uh, fair if he can be. He has rules, like the, the or Mike Herman Trout is a character. I don't know. I, I, yeah. See, I almost think I almost think Michael's more like Gus because they're both playing the long, long game where they're like eventually like I I will kill everyone who has ever fucked with me. You're right. That's true. He does in, in Breaking Bad. Gus does go kill all those uh, guys back in Mexico yeah. that wronged him a long time ago. But okay, so maybe. Maybe Vito's more Mike Urban. But I guess I guess Vito does that too, right? Because he goes back and he kills <laughs> yeah. Don. It's not a What's perfect it? comparison, but okay, I give it up. <laughs> How dare you? I'm not saying you I should give you up are, your dreams, Mike. You are correct in that those kind of I don't want to say stereotypes, but those character models are something that is brought into the pop culture consciousness and the zeitgeist by The Godfather. Yeah, for sure. I think that is true. Just like with uh, different motivations. Yeah. Yeah, there's a reason that collectively these are considered two of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. That being said, this movie had a lot less uh, familiar about it to me. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wasn't as catching all those little pop culture references left and right. In fact, I am I don't a think little. There's, there's really any in this movie yeah you got the kiss at the end of the movie but maybe the fredo i know the it was you fredo and it broke yeah. my heart yeah, that's that true, yeah. that yes but that i mean really that's kind of the only one it's it's much less made up of those iconic moments which that's is not true to say it's not a great movie but like no all of the the main moments come from the first movie for sure no. Although I think this movie really cemented that Godfather theme song stuck in my head for the next couple of weeks here because it's constantly playing during the old world scenes, yeah. uh, that kind of thing. So uh, it's very catchy. I like that. I feel like uh, Godfather Part Two might have also uh, repopularized because clearly it wasn't because the the miscarriage slash hidden abortion thing has been a thing like in theater since the Greeks. But sure. like, I feel like it probably reinserted that into the popular mindset. I think so. It was it was Kay's way of you know exercising that power. It was like all she had, which sucks. Right, and I'm sure that I found it shocking. I'm sure that '70s audiences found it extremely oh, for shocking. Sure. Yeah. For sure, you know, was, it was just like I even now as a plot device, I think that would be pretty. Rough. Yeah, it's like this has gotten quite heavy. I can't imagine the conversations that were happening from like a the catholic side of things and b the feminist side of things in the 70s oh where yeah it was like she's an empowered woman she killed a baby yeah and <laughs> yeah. this movie watch this movie exactly but like i don't feel like feminists are even even though at the, by the end of the movie kate has become more independent i don't feel like they're holding her up as a bastion of feminism 
by any. No, she was just person pushed against the wall and did what she had to do yeah. to try to get her out of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a desperation move for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and even then, she still fits into like the stereotype of like the woman protecting her kids, which is, you know, a stereotype. Yeah, it's a trope. It's a very like, she's... women are mothers role. Well, and even though like she takes it, uh, she has the agency to have that abortion. Like she she has that abortion so that we can see how unhinged Michael yeah, is, right? Like even in that moment of I am my own person mm-hmm. and I make decisions. In the film, she is there so that we can see Michael yell at her right. and hit her and say, "Did you ever think that I was going to let you leave and take my kids? Yeah. Are you crazy?" Right, right, yeah. It's, if you it's... think about it, the only reason that Michael doesn't like kill her is because she's already in such a miserable place by the time at the end of the movie that uh, you know him just getting to shut the door in her face probably over and over again oh, is like so cold revenge. The savage. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this movie's a little heavier than the first one. Yeah, yeah. This movie is the uh, dark middle chapter, but there's no third chapter. No, there isn't. Yeah, <laughs> People who not. say there is are liars. <laughs> People who say there is, there is no I, third chapter. I haven't chapter. seen it, so clearly it doesn't exist. I, I of right. course, did some reading online about some of these things. And, you know, it kind of talks about... Uh, you know the, the the movies as a whole, and I know there was a there's been a cut out there of these movies, sort of in a, uh, yeah the Godfather as, epic. as one movie. Yeah, um, you can catch it on HBO. One and two are put. Yeah, one and two are put together, right? That's what it is. No, well, so there's two there's two different versions. There's one and two put together so that they're in chronological order, so you don't have the flashbacks. Okay. 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 And then there's I could appreciate that. And then there's the Godfather epic, which has all three movies, but they're also still in chronological order. And that's like a ten hour. Jeez, sit down. That's rough. I was gonna huh. say how how long is part three? I might have to give this it's another, stinker a try. It's another like three hours, dude. Oh, oh come on, it's real bad. <laughs> Don't do no, it to yourself. No, 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 no. I was, I was well, uh, the the three and a half hour running length of this movie was almost enough. I mean, and I watched this movie immediately after The Godfather Part One ended because oh. I was like, I am excited right now, so I put it in. And I was like, by the end, it was like, no more Godfather. The, the second movie also has a way slower start. Right. Well, and I think that you have a disjointed momentum, right? Because of the A and B story that's going on. So, like, right. you don't really ever get momentum until halfway through the movie when you're getting, like, 30-minute sections of one right. mm-hmm. story. But by that time, I, I was kind of, like, groaning whenever the, the present-day stuff rolled around. Because it was like, show us more Vito. That's kind of fun. You know, this is depressing. The Vito stuff was really good, actually. Like, it was it was a little weird, but, like, and I'm a sucker for costuming and, like, period drama, so even just yes. that element of it I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, the, um, the, the article that I was reading basically was talking about how The Godfather 1 and 2 taken without Part 3 at all, um, you know, because a lot of people don't like Part 3 and or sure. admit that it exists. Um, <laughs> talk is basically... Yeah, it's it's a tragedy. You know, it's basically a tragedy. I mean, that, and that's you know, we close totally. on that oh, with yeah. uh, Michael. Basically, he's sitting on the park bench. You know, he's technically one, but he's just like he's all he's won is anger and resentment and vengeance. You know, and he's like just kind of cold and alone. You know, really, Literally, he's sitting on a park bench in the fall. Mm-hmm. In his gigantic estate, like in Colorado by himself. or I don't know Utah or something. Nevada. Nevada. There you go. Yeah, so 
I mean, and then you know, Vito's life story is is you know, he got to he doesn't quite meet the tragic ending. Around a tomato patch or whatever. Well, no, he he lived for his family and he died with his grandson. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he's having fun at the moment. And he he raised kids who would come and get punched by cops and move him around a hospital for him. Michael's kids. Go on to sing opera, but we won't talk about that because that's in the third oh, movie. Really? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, jeez. Wow. Granted, it I guess as a time issue, but like we almost never see Michael interacting with his kids. Whereas, I think that's part of it, though, right? Because just he, when he's collecting them from his in mother that, in the movie, the like he is not a father. He yeah. is. He's just the godfather, but he's not a father. Whereas, like those those Vito flashbacks, like he he's with his kids a lot. I feel like they went to lengths to make sure that in the second movie he is so much less human mm. than in the first one. Yeah. He's just like this yeah, all he cares malevolent about force. Boy. Yeah. Well, even like the Cuba bits where there's a revolution happening and he is like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go now. <laughs> Deuces, <bummer>. Cuba. <laughs> I wanted my yeah. business to take off. What? Was that big long? This movie's very long. I want to oh, say. This one's, uh, this one's like that's three fair. And a half it's hours, yeah, maybe? three and a half it's hours, two hundred twenty minutes. What is with that big long Senate committee subplot that I just found myself not caring about one little bit? It was. It, I found like that. If, if there was something that could have gotten cut, that would have been a great one. Great I mean, little I, part I right think there. It's like a to show like that he's he's that i don't know like he's not like invincible but like he does have this reach of power where they have this witness and he changes it also shows like the lengths he's willing to go right like oh there's someone who's gonna inform on me and there's no way for me to get to him cool i'm gonna bring his brother over from sicily and sit next to him as a threat sure yeah Sure, sure. Yeah, no, I, you know, everything has its purpose, but, you know, to, to say that the movie could have been shorter is perhaps a, <laughs> a dumb point to make. <laughs> well, and it's also, the, like, the, so I, I could, I, I feel like that entire Senate inquiry thing is to show the power of Hyman Roth, mm-hmm. because he's the one who's yeah. pulling the strings behind that. Sure. And so it shows him as more of a threat to Michael than we might have thought otherwise, but I'll agree with you. I think that it's, it almost seems like it, like... Coppola was like, you know what, we should probably take a stab at McCarthy while we're here, why not? <laughs> I guess it, and maybe the, it's a roundabout way of showing the way Michael has friends in politics, because they always talk about Vito and Michael's connections in politics, but that's the only scene where you ever see, like, a politician standing up and be like, you know what, Italian-Americans are great. They're super fun. <laughs> oh, but, well, he's just so sleazy, too, because he's like, I, this is really important, yeah. but I gotta tell you, I but love I Italians. Go. They vote for me. Italian-Americans are great. I love meatballs. Bye. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's kind of how it hey, goes. Hey, bro, I, I got, got this other met- thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I got another meeting. I gotta go. I got a thing. And I wonder how much of that was just them also tapping into like the whole Watergate thing because this is seventy four, right? So okay. yeah, taking an opportunity and running with it. I mean, anytime you can latch onto something that's already a part of the the zeitgeist, and and making fun of Nixon is always part of the zeitgeist. 
I found the Senate stuff very interesting because it could become very prescient in, in the future, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I wonder if also this the whole Senate thing was because like the whole thing is like veto. I mean, in the in the logo of the Godfather, you have the puppets and the strings, right? Yeah. And I wonder if that whole thing is just to demonstrate that Michael both does and does not have that same capability as Vito. I don't think he has the finesse for deals and things that Vito has. I mean, he, he's he... just too angry. Yeah. No, yeah, he's right. he's got what it takes to get people killed. He's but... got like Vito's smarts and Sonny's like pure rage which makes him that much more dangerous which yeah. he develops he comes into that during this movie he's he seems very calm and level-headed until things start to you know fall apart for him i get yeah. maybe and slightly related to what we were talking about before like michael doesn't do favors he just takes favors true yeah yeah like he demands he doesn't yeah offer. yeah yeah right he doesn't do favors. not a give and take it's just a take does he ever Use Vito's know, line I'm about trying, at some well, point in the future. And even just, I'm trying to think of any time where he only... helps somebody out. No. Really? Yeah. So in the book, in the book, he, uh, so Rocco, his like main hitman, he helps him out quite a bit, and he has like more of a uh, the same sort of relationship that uh, Vito has with Clemenza and Tessio. He has with Rocco, and Rocco was actually one of his um, bodyguards in Italy. Um, that oh. keeps him the, from being killed when Apollonia blows up. I see. Um, the so, guys who are walking around with shotguns and bandoliers everywhere, including the wedding. I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like, well, it's it's World War II, right? So, yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I, but no, outside of that, no, he never, like, the only line he uses is, we're going to make him an offer he can't refuse, which generally right. just means we're going to kill the fucker. Yeah, right. You're going to put a gun to his head. Or a horse in his bed. Yeah. <laughs> I had to ride okay, more practical. or try. <laughs> it's all good. All right. All right. Um yeah, I I does any character come out looking okay in Godfather Part Two? I, mean, I think by the end Connie's fine. Connie's alright, yeah. I mean mama's mama's great. Mama's great in, That's in true. all the mama's movies. Mama's good the whole way through. Yep. She dies a good woman. Good point. Fredo becomes an interesting character in this movie, as opposed yeah. to the last one, where he's nobody, and then he moves to Vegas, and then he's a flashy nobody. Well, he's I, just a dimwit the whole series. He I really mean. is, yeah. You gotta feel for Fredo a little bit, right? But at the same time, yeah. it's just like... Yeah. And it could have just been the performance, but it just feels a little overwrought. I'm not sure why we were supposed to care about Fredo at all in any of it. I, I uh, he was in over I his head since the day he was born. The end. Just all, I don't know the fishing stuff, and he's like taking Michael's son out. Like that's kind of cute. I don't know. He he seemed like he wanted to redeem himself. I don't know how genuine that was or anything, but. Well, he's he's seems like he's an actual person. You know, yeah. he's got emotions that are other than anger. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Like, I... It's it's tough. It's not. It's tough to deserve getting shot by your brother's henchman in a boat. Yeah. See, to me, even though to he, me it felt he did. <laughs> well, yeah, Sorry. but it felt like that was the person that Fredo always wanted to be. Everything else was a show to try to, you know, show be off to his family. more impressive yeah. brothers. You know. He was trying to be somebody he wasn't the whole his whole life just so he could impress his brothers and family. And like when he said that he honestly thought that something was going to help, you know, the family or Michael or whatever, he probably did because he's right. but he's not he's a, that bright, he's a you know, genuine idiot. 
in that like he is an yeah. idiot, but he's also very genuine about it. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that in the in the in the first movie, like you know, he, talking about like it wasn't the first movie, it was the second movie. Either way, you know, you can't control his wife, blah blah blah, and all the other you know misogynistic asshole Corleones are are all about you know controlling the wife and things like that. It's just aw- you know, he's just like. He was just born into the wrong family, to be honest, you know? <laughs> Yo, yeah, like, he could have been a totally fine, like, butcher. Yeah, like, yeah. He's too like, really, he's the dude Corleones. who probably should have been, like, sent to college. Yeah. Yeah. He would have been, like, <laughs> yeah, a slam he poet been fine. or something. Yeah, like, he could have even continued the olive oil trade business. Mm. Yeah. Which I feel like is a movie, a, a subject that the movie just glosses over. Is that like that's the legitimate side of their business is that they sell olive oil until like the very end. It was a really weird thing for me watching the movie to realize how important an olive oil importer must have been back in the day. Because now you can just get olive oil anywhere, but like really back in the day, like you that you wouldn't have just been everywhere. I mean, there would have almost and nothing you wouldn't have post-war. had like peanut oil or yeah, like. And if you're an Italian immigrant and you've just moved to America, like you're gonna want some olive oil. And it's probably not cheap. No. Yeah, and you no, can just yeah. go out for some Sam's Choice olive oil. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I All right. So, is there anything else that we want to touch on before we do the verdict of The Godfather Part Two, and then think, we'll like... talk the series. What are all the things we were talking about last episode that we were like, oh, we'll talk about that next when we do the second movie? <laughs> I just think that the first, the first, like, there's so much in the first movie that sets the foundation yeah. for what happens in the second movie. It is, is a like, I don't think if I don't feel like like the the second movie is better because it is a sequel, and I don't think that's true for all sequels. Do you think the second movie could stand on its own? Removed from the franchise, you you could do it, yeah. It yeah. just wouldn't make as much sense really without the context. I feel like you would need more exposition on the main characters because yeah, that's that's why this movie felt familiar was because I was just watching a movie that had all these mm-hmm. characters in it. So. Yeah. yeah, it's extremely serialized. I, I don't think it could stand on its own, honestly. It was hard enough keeping track of all the characters in the first movie. I think if you were dumped into the second movie without having seen the first, it would be even more confusing. There's a lot of Italian names being thrown around, and they all are dressed <laughs> the same. But man, is that Vito Corleone handsome. Thanks well, to now the mob guys all wear suits. Thanks to that. I love that Like um, the reason that... Uh, God, I forgot what his name is. Um, the dude in Miami. Hyman Roth? Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth, yeah. The whole reason that Hyman Roth tries to kill Michael is because Michael kills Mo Green in the first movie. Right, yeah. Like, that's that's amazing. Yeah. That's that's a great carryover. I love it. Like, like the, the decisions that were made in the first movie, and, and multiple different decisions that are made in the first movie, have large impact on the second it's movie. It's like a Bioware video game. Exactly. <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> well, uh, I guess let's let's make our verdict of of the second one on its own as a second as a standalone movie, and then let's talk the two as a, together. It's I know it's weird, but we, it's kind of tradition. So, yeah. as a standalone movie, Brad, what do you think? So we were saying as a standalone movie, we're talking about removing yep. the context of everything else, just the content of the film. 
Well, yeah. maybe you get to keep the context, right? But you, you know, how did you enjoy oh, the actual I, yeah, Godfather yeah. Part Two? I, yeah, I, I think I, I would say this. It is, it is still a movie that I have no problem watching. I would give it a sanctorum for sure. Okay. All right, Steph. It's really hard for me to separate just because we did watch them back to back in the way that we did, and it was my first time seeing them. That being said, I still enjoyed the second one. I thought it was a good movie. Um, I can't necessarily speak to it on its own without the context, or at least without the context of immediately watching the first one beforehand, but it was still a solid movie. I think it was it was a well-put-together movie. It was structured well. It was written well, so all that stuff stands. All right, Pete? Well, you know, I, I hate to say it, I'm not going to lie. I was, while I was watching this movie, I was a lot less enthused about it than I was with the first movie. And maybe that's because I was fatigued. Maybe I didn't necessarily get everything. I didn't have Brad whispering in my ear mm-hmm. all the plot points and the, the, uh, the literary twice. analysis yeah. and all that. So um, while I found the first movie to be really thrilling in kind of a slow-paced way and, you know, iconic, this one just kind of felt like, well, it felt like a continuation. And it, by itself, I certainly wouldn't just watch it. Um, although I feel like maybe if I ever want to, you know, next time I want to watch Lord of the Rings, maybe <laughs> I should pop this one in again and try and get it a little more. Um, but that like being said, six hours of your life to burn. <laughs> yeah. Six and a half yeah. now. <laughs> maybe I'll give it three. Longest a folding no, laundry ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, sorry, nope. I'm going to spend the whole day doing this yeah. whole shift. Um, I clearly recognize the the good movie making and the powerful story and the the emotion, uh, you know, the rise and fall of, you know, the Corleones, basically. And for that, it's clearly a sacred movie. It's iconic still in in uh, its own respect. So what do you say to that, Mike? What is your verdict? I have to (laughs) say, I honestly I honestly think that I thought this one uh, was sacred uh, for sure because I really, really enjoyed the um, the the veto stuff. <laughs> I, yes, I think, yes. you know, the, the parallels um, and sort of the opposite path, the way that they took um, with this, I think uh, maybe had they cut a little more in between the two, you know, um, to sort of make it more parallelish, mm-hmm. um, at least in the beginning. Uh, would have been better, but otherwise, I think I, I really liked, you know, that, um, you know, how it came together at the end. So I would say sacred, but uh, I guess let's just quick do uh, a thing about them them together as a as a series. So I'm just gonna say mine again. I say sacred all around. I think this makes me want to watch. Uh, it, when I watch one, I want to watch two again. To me. That's how I feel because it it is there is so much payoff that um uh, like it's it's worth it. They're so totally. Yeah, it's very much one story told over two movies. It's hard to say that two movies are sacred and that the series is not. So I definitely enjoyed watching it. Um, I Brad, I would be very interested in seeing that cut with uh, 
the chronological, chronological order, even though you folks have all made a big deal of the parallels in the second. Well, you still uh, get the parallels, movie. but I think it's like a more drastic, like because you see the slow rise and then the sharp fall. It's the more slow like rise, the slow fall. It's like a bookend, right? Right, right, and you know, and and is that how the book is written? Is there a bunch of in, uh, juxtapositioning like that, or is it? No, more... it's all it's all in chronological order. Okay, okay. See, actually, I think before I would watch the movies again, and we might even have the Godfather kicking around here somewhere. I think my wife's read it. Um, I would be interested to to flip through that, <laughs> and uh, and check the the source material out personally. But yeah, sacred. Yeah, like as somebody who had never seen it before and just seen the endless parodies and references and heard and heard and heard about it i get it absolutely paid off to me as a series um i i think i really enjoyed seeing both of them together i thought they were very cohesive i think they're very much a unit and i think as the two of them like they're long as fuck but it's really good movie making and it's something you don't really see anymore. Like we talked a little bit about the sort of post blockbuster era, but it's you don't see that kind of movie being made on that scale anymore. I think. I agree with that. That uh, that leaves you, Brad. No, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I think it's totally. I, you know, I uh, the longest co- argument that I've ever been in involved the question of whether or not Godfather parts one and two were better than. Star Wars episodes oh, four and five. Wow. And oh, so, yeah, that, that, that lets you know the level of respect that I have for this film. So these films. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's totally sacred. Holds up. Good. I mean, that kind of that comparison kind of says it all. Huh? Yeah, he was going to stop dating hmm. me unless we watched them. So <laughs> well, good thing this show came along then, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Sacred Cows, Saving Relationships Since yeah. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, and uh, let's see. With that, uh, let's go to our closing bits. You've heard our verdict on The Godfather 1 and 2, and uh, now it's time to close the show. So thanks for coming, Steph and Brad. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having us. I hope you had a good time. <laughs> it was super fun. Would you guys like to promote something? Uh, tell people where to find you and all that cool stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. So you can find me on uh, the Twitter at B squared underscore yo. Um, you should also definitely listen to the Arclight podcast where you can find both of us. And whenever it releases, you should listen to Love to Hate because it's so, so good. good. <laughs> nice. All right, Steph. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Steph O. Kingston. And like I said, I have had my grubby fingers in most podcasts that people listen to. Um, but yeah, please do check out Art like Arclight. Please do check out Love to Hate when it comes out. Um, check out my, my sweet, sweet boys at the Pokemon podcast because they're lovely and, you know, they, they need some love. So I'm, I'm just going to pimp them because I feel like it. And if you want to learn how to, to play Pokemon to win and have fun at the same time, that is a good show to listen to. Yeah, yeah. If you want to hear our good friend Josh Bingaman just flip shit over things, you go for it. <laughs> He's awesome and he knows his shit. He's a good boy. Uh, Pete, can we find you anywhere yet? Uh, you know, I don't even check Facebook every month, so like, what hope does Twitter have? 
I was going to say, Pete, I don't, oh, I don't Pete. think I've ever seen you on Twitter. You will probably no. never see me on Twitter. I just don't get it. I'm too old. I, I didn't I'm not too old. I'm too so my I spirit is too old. Friends to talk to on Twitter like Mike and Brad. Oh, see that's what I've been missing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Who knows well, maybe after uh, Geekly, I, right? Yeah. Uh in the meantime, since Pete won't be on Twitter and uh uh his wife is, she has graciously offered to field any questions you have for Pete <laughs> and uh hey, and wait, twist what? them <laughs> and twist them to uh Something that would make him give a dumb bad answer. Uh, you can find her yeah. on Twitter at DirtyMM86. She's pretty cool and very much taller than Pete. <laughs> She's taller than me, and she has already twisted some of my sensible and straightforward answers into crazy nonsense. That sounds excellent. So, yeah, so give that and a try. <laughs> she will also be at GeeklyCon 2017. So uh, yes, she when will. you see a person towering over everyone uh, and then Pete next to her, <laughs> That, that's her. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter. I'm at White Morph. And, of course, you can find us on Twitter as a podcast. We're at Sacred Cows Pod. We also have Sacred Cows at HeroOfTheWeb.com as an email address for your long-form questions, episode suggestions. And we're also taking script submissions for comedy scripts. Uh, so, um, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us. It was a great pleasure. Nice to meet you guys. Nice to have you on the show. Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, fun the world needs you two in more podcasts. Not even being ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh. There we go. Thanks for that tag. So, all right. Well, thanks and uh, night, everybody. Good night. Sacred Cows Tonight is a production of Sacred Cows Tonight. Executive producers Mike Urban and Pete B. The sketch, Lego the Godfather, was written, edited, and produced by Pete B. The main portions of the show are edited by Eli Ramsey. Want to contribute your sketch to Sacred Cows tonight? Email us your script or proposal to sacredcows at heroofweb.com. That's sacredcows at heroofweb.com. 